0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It is Tuesday, October 6th, 2020. Our quote of the day comes from our guest today. It's easy to be liked by strangers. It's very hard to be loved and connected to the people in your home when you're always bringing them your most exhausted self and resenting the fact that the scraps you're giving them aren't cutting it. Oh, damn, Shauna Nequest, our guest today. She's the New York Times bestselling author of Present Over Perfect, Leaving Behind Frantic for a Simpler, More Soulful Way of Living. The foreword is by our favorite, Brene Brown. Um, So excited to chat with her today. Um, in the meantime, thank you guys for joining us. As always, if you haven't clicked, subscribe on YouTube. Please help us and help yourself so you can get all the notifications so you never miss an incredible episode. Uh, follow us at Better Together with Maria on uh, social media. Yes. Yes. Kelsey's all over that. Uh, and if you haven't joined us on Patreon, please do, along with the ad-free content, Um, your investment there will also bring you more content exclusive content that we do there and these incredible exclusive workshops that we are just starting to curate with our guests so you have access to the amazing guests you get to see on the main show Um, you actually have access to them in these workshops and so we're really excited tomorrow night we're doing Catherine Woodward Thomas Finally, Finally, after our power outage <laughs> issues. Um, so we're going to do these guided meditations to help you with triggering emotions and a Q&A with her. So um, these are invaluable experiences that you just would not have access to otherwise. Um, and sometimes these people do tour the country, but there's thousands of people in the audience. So, you know, you really have a shot in the dark. That's right. Well, <laughs> and you get to
1: spend it. Jeff and I keep saying this, but they get to spend it with you too. So how cool that you get to meet Maria... As well as our guest, whoever is on the show that day, mm-hmm. I just think that's really incredible and something to be really excited about. Yeah, we had a lot of fun in our first yeah. one, so I'm
0: excited.
2: So
1: much fun.
0: I was really was sad
2: amazing. last week.
1: I know. I know.
2: And I want to say to our audience: if you guys don't believe that Maria is like fighting for this show, both Catherine and her were like, "How can we make this work?" <laughs> yes, there was a huge storm, and yes, California is on fire, but like, we'll figure this out. And we had a certain point we were like, "Guys." Let's wait a week. Because we don't want to cheat you guys out of the full potential of the event. Mm -hmm. So we're like, let's wait. Let's do it right. So that's Mm going to be happening tomorrow. Yeah.
0: I'm really excited. Um, So can we talk
2: American Murder?
0: Is that the name of the documentary? American Murder? American
2: Murder. Okay, Jeff, you saw it, right? I... Made sure to watch um, the social dilemma, but I haven't watched American oh, Maria. But it's Jeff. on the list for Laura and I. I know.
0: No, Kelsey, if we're going to talk about stuff, you got to make sure he's watched it. I
1: told him, but I can't go into his house and Jeff. But you got to say Jeff.
2: Maria's going to <laughs> Jeff. Maria really want says your, your take. You ha- <laughs> well, I know I'm in trouble. I'll make sure. I think it's on the docket for Laura and I to watch tonight. So dang, I'll make sure of that. Jeff. Ugh. You know, there's Jeff. another one. So uh, my friend Rita, I mentioned
0: yesterday, her mom just got diagnosed with ALS. And, um, actually, you know, it's really crazy. So she deals with brain injuries every day. That's Mm. her job. Oh, wow. And so when my mom, I remember, I think it might've been her two year anniversary. We had a party here. She was here and I was really frustrated and I was really just so sad and there were certain like behavioral things Mm. my mom was doing and I was just so confused and, it was not her mm. and she just kept saying to me she's like maria she's not doing this on purpose she doesn't know she would never do this to you guys you i i know your mom from growing up and you know your mom and she would never and i'm like but she knows what she's doing and when you're dealing with a brain it's so confusing you guys it is really such a mind f yeah right cuz you watch them and mm. you know they know what they're doing But then, so then your rational brain is like, oh, my God, she's doing this on purpose. Right. 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 So I remember her and I try to carry that through this journey when she told me that. So I just saw her this past weekend and we were talking about her mom. And she was like, Maria, when I think of like the worst things I deal with, it's like ALS and brain cancer are the worst. Mm -hmm. Right. She's like, and we're Mm -hmm. just the unlucky ones that are having to deal with this. And... We were talking about, uh, she mentioned this thing called like impulsive, impulsive um, behavior or impulsive something. And she said there are people with these different diseases where they can't even control their actions, right? Like I know Parkinson's, like we know because Michael J. Fox right. has been so right. gracious to share his journey with us, yeah. right? So there's impulsive behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so it clicked with me in that moment. Oh my God, that's why my mom gets up when she knows she's going to fall. And so the last time she fell, Kevin said to her, she goes, Litsa, I don't know why you keep doing this. And she goes, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, Kevin. I do. I know better. Wow. And so I was like, well, if you know better, do better, Mom. <laughs> or come on, Mom. <laughs> if you know better, get better. But now I understand. Wow. And that's why conversations with people outside of your circle sometimes are so... Like Rita and I are friends, but we don't talk mm. often. Like we talk mm-hmm. through another friend and and it was so great that she shared that with me because now I understand it's like this tick, right? So mm. she doesn't know better. Right. Really. Like she can't she can't control she the can't tick control in a sense, right. right? So when she would walk to the bathroom, she would detour all the time and start like wiping the counters with her hands mm. and turning the sink mm. on and doing all these things. So that's her old body and brain remembering what she would do back then, right. like when she was able and right. not having brain injuries, let's say. And so we would be like, Mom, we're going to the bathroom. You don't have to clean the counter. Like, don't worry about that. But our rational brains could understand mm-hmm. why she was doing that. We would get frustrated. it's time to make your life a little easier and to help you out i've curated all of my essentials from macy's for you and the whole fam all the details are in the show notes below or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too i have some new picks on there this little bomber jacket this little black dress you're gonna love it so now and like you know we'll all kind of look at her and we're like we know she knows what she's doing why is she doing this why is she making us suffer Mm but she can't. Yeah. And so now I know better. I can do better and I can have more patience in these moments. Um, And I say that in case anybody else is dealing with anything like that out there, especially with the brain, because it is so challenging. Even with all the research, all the work I do, all the studying, I never saw that. I never Mm -hmm. heard that. And no doctor has ever brought that up to me, right? Yeah because they're not dealing with them on that level so like Rita's dealing with them in the physical therapy level so she gets to see all these things in a different way so it's been really fascinating anyhow there was a whole point to what I was talking about um with her mom and the ALS oh she we were talking about this conversation and she brought that up I think that's really why I detoured into this (laughs) I like you know it. What
2: I think about your mom, Maria, I know you and Kevin are planning on eventually having a family of your own mm-hmm. and it's going to make you such a better mom because really you've had to become the so your true. mom to your own mom and like mm-hmm. dealing with the frustrations and having that empathy of, you know, maybe she quote disobeyed in this moment, but there's a greater reason. Mm. Like those tools are going to be so valuable when you parent. I hope so, so. True. But you know, it was funny. We also were talking Rita and
0: I, when you're first generation, you're always the parent. Mm. We've always been the parents. Yeah. I ran my household from yeah. the time I was little. Right. I was in charge because I was the translator and I, you know. Laundry. Everything. I, I, I had to do all of that. Mm. And so you have a different role in your family from kind of go for the most part. Yeah, right. And I've definitely talked to enough first generationers to know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's... It's really painful when you um, when you don't know. And now when you know, then you feel so guilty. Right. So, like, I lost it at lunch. I was like, oh, my God. I've had, mm. I mean, no one's going to be perfect, right? So, you have to have empathy for yourself. Yeah. But it's really challenging to deal with this stuff.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so, I'm grateful that I'm having this time away to have these kind of revelations, revelations yeah and then I can go back and be better um well I
1: also think it's like of course it makes you emotional because you like you said you want her to be better right so it's like if you see her doing these things that are going to hurt herself Mm -hmm. like hurt her you're like mom you know better like you you know better than this yeah so but she can't help it but she can't help it yeah right so it's like don't beat yourself up because you want what's best for her Mm -hmm. i mean it's all learning
0: the other thing that's interesting too for anybody who's a caretaker out there is and the reason why you need to get some distance at times is so that you can have these kind of breakthroughs so Mm. um i'll give you them as often as i can but one of the things that i've noticed too is there is a gap between what i want from her for her and where she's at always Mm. so i'm always trying to hang on to like I was trying to hang on to her mobility. Mom, please, you've got to keep moving. If you stop moving, you're not going to be able to move anymore. Okay, Maria. And then she wouldn't. I'm like, Mom. And I would do everything I could. I would try to bribe her, whatever it took. Mom, please, you've got to keep moving. Instead of seeing her for where she's at. Mm -hmm. So what I've realized is there is that gap. I'm trying to like desperately fight to keep her stronger longer Mm. and I have to I have to give in to the realities sometimes right so like sometimes you have to just surrender rather than trying to push something that either her body isn't capable of doing or her brain and her body aren't communicating and and it just is what it is Mm. so that was a lot of source of frustration too because I would be so upset that she didn't want to push harder right because I know what's coming yeah. if she doesn't, right? right? And her brain, maybe she doesn't get it. Um, so that's like another thing that I've, I've realized is you have to kind of, you push as much as you can for their greater good, but at some point you have to take a step back and just say, okay, here's where we're at. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but now how do we deal with where we're at? And so Kevin was already there because it's different when you're not,
1: it's your mom. It's my mom, yep. and I'm yep.
0: desperate. Whew. Yeah. So I feel it's like okay. um he was already like, Maria, he's like, we have to go into baby mode. We have to mm. baby her. It's not mm. about trying to push her anymore. It's about babying her. And so, and to me, that just obviously just sounds like an end, you know? So I'm like, no! Yeah. <laughs> we're going to push. We're going to push. But um crazy crazy journey um I mean we're super blessed that we've had as much time as we've had and I keep one of the things I told Rita because when you get an ALS diagnosis and the the level that her mom's is at is really the devastating one Mm -hmm. and I've guttural cried for her just knowing how painful that journey is going to be um you know the the hard thing is is that I lost my train of thought. Shit. (laughs) 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 The hard thing is you lose your train of thought when you get so emotional. right? Um, What I said to her is that you have to, you know, you have to let them have their journey, which I learned from Judy who was on our show. Um, She had told me that with my mom the second time around, I wanted to protect my mom and not tell her Mm. that the tumor was back. And she was like, you're robbing her of her journey right wow. it's her journey it's not yours you're helping her on the journey and I was like oh, that oh. Gives me chills. yeah so and Rita was doing the same mm. thing and so I was able to share with her where I was at and say you know our parents are stronger than we believe sometimes mm. and we're terrified of the pain we're gonna feel seeing them in pain so in essence it's a bit selfish right and and I've done it. I did. I've at moments I've I've not been super one hundred percent honest to protect them. But at the same time, who are you doing it for? You're doing it for, for you, you. Yep. Just as much as you're doing it for them. And really if something's to happen, you want them to have the journey the way they wanted it, to yeah. go where they wanted to go, to see who they wanted to see, say what they wanted yeah. to say. So I was able to kinda of help her through that. So it's been interesting, like we're both kinda of helping each other. Mm because she's giving me these like eye-opening kind of moments where I get to see things through a different lens and then I'm able to share because I'm ahead of the curve because I've been dealing with this for so long I said you have to start preparing to be mourning her while she's alive Mm -hmm. that was a big thing that hit me maybe in the beginning of COVID or something I or at some point recently Kevin was like Maria You're devastated because you're mourning her while she's alive. It's a slow mourning, and you're like, oh, okay. That's why I'm so down. I didn't, I didn't get it. And then the last thing I said was you have to love yourself and take care of yourself as well. Obviously I've talked about caretakers getting sick, taking care of the sick, but the example isn't just how you're going to deal with crisis, right? Like I decided to choose laughter and humor for my brain tumor journey, right? It's not just how I'm going to deal with it. It's how, you know, it's like for, for let's say like my friend, it's not just how her mom's going to handle it. It's how she's going to handle taking care of her, but also loving herself too mm. and not self-destructing because what I, I see so many people do is self-destruct and and just let themselves go in the name of I'm taking care of someone. Right. And that's not the right thing to do either, no. right? And that
1: person wouldn't want that either.
0: Yeah. So I said the true lesson is in... How are you going to handle this journey and set the example for people around you? Are you going to let yourself run into the ground and show people that that's the way you do it? Mm. Or are you going to show that you have compassion and love for yourself too, Mm. just like the patient you're taking care of?
2: Ooh. Yeah. So wise. I think. You know, I think that's just so wise, Maria. And the episode I think of that I'm going to prescribe for you, even though it's Uh one of your episodes, is the Elizabeth Gilbert episode. It was one of the first episodes I got to produce with this team. And I don't know if you remember, Elizabeth Gilbert, widely celebrated thought leader, author of Eat, Pray, Love, had to watch her own partner slowly die. Mm -hmm. And she said, like, I'm the celebrated lecturer, a beloved New York Times bestselling author, and I'm a pretty bad caretaker. And I learned so much about caretaking through this and... I just think what you're saying is really wise and echoing a lot of what she said in that episode as well. So just having grace with the person and having grace with yourself Mm -hmm. is just going to make the journey easier. And I think you should go back and listen to that episode. I will. I will.
0: Absolutely.
1: I'll listen with uh,
0: you. Yeah, it's just important stuff and people don't talk about any of Mm -hmm. this stuff and people don't talk about, like we said in one of the episodes recently, how to show up for people who are in crisis. Yeah. Right? And... You know, it's it's always so interesting when people are like you know family will be there, family will be there, and you're like, okay, cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Need you? Need you? Hello. Yeah. Hello, can. Hi.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you're not even asking for a lot, but no. it's like, it's really hard on this end, but then on their end, I get it. People can't get out of their own way. Yeah. Everyone is dealing with their own. Messes whatever their messes are. So it's super hard. So it's like, uh, so you're lucky if you have one or two people in your life that are just, like my cousin Nikki's amazing. She comes down, she'll take my parents out, she'll bring them lunch, she'll bring them food, flowers, gifts, like the whole thing. Like she goes over and above to let them know that they're not alone and they're loved and they're special. Like, you know, all those things. And so... You know if you have one great be gracious uh, grateful and if you've got more than one then man you've really won i feel like yeah well said yeah so <clears throat> all right let's get to our conversation Yay. with shauna nequest she is a best-selling author lecturer and thought leader in contemporary christianity and spirituality she has shared the stage with so many impressive peers like oprah bernie brown who we are desperately trying to get on the show, a uh, former guest of ours who we love, Glennon Doyle. Speaking of Glennon, she cried tears of relief while reading Shauna's most recent book, Present Over Perfect, which stresses the importance of leaving behind perfection to embrace the simple beauty uh, of, of, to embrace the simple, the beauty of simply being alive. Damn, <laughs> I've like you lost my train of thought. <laughs> right here and right now. Um, so everybody, welcome Shauna to the show. How are you? Hey, all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused. um we should probably start with your story that got you to uh presence in your own life and obviously now you're you know sharing it with everybody else
3: uh there was a season several years ago where i think like if you and i had gone out for coffee and you would have and you would have asked me what really matters to you most i would have said oh you know obviously my faith my family my marriage my kids um really being deeply connected to the people I love, making memories. I would have told you all of these things, but if you looked at the actual day-to-day of my life, I think you would have seen that what mattered to me essentially was like work and hustling and running errands and being busy all the time to reach some sort of imaginary place where I finally had done enough. Mm. I pushed myself for so many years Um, for all sorts of reasons. And then I got to a point where I said, wait a minute, my life doesn't actually match my values anymore. And I'm not the person I want to be. And I need to make some changes.
0: So how did you get to that place? Because for me, it was a brain tumor.
3: You know, I think uh, obviously there are invitations all around us. Mm -hmm. And something like a brain tumor is such a, a dramatic invitation. And I'm so glad that you're doing well and that your health is thriving and um what an enormous thing to enter someone's life um I had nothing so dramatic um (laughs) I I feel like there were just little whispers everywhere you know but I didn't listen to them Mm -hmm. because I was too busy so I didn't listen to the whispers and then I didn't listen to like the regular voice and then I didn't listen to the shouting and then I didn't listen to the screaming and then Uh, I finally started to pay attention when it was like I couldn't hear or feel anything. Mm. I was so exhausted and so kind of burned out on such a deep level that it felt like I was watching my actual life from behind a thick pane of glass. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow.
0: That is such a great description. You know, we get so wrapped up in the rat race of life right and especially as women we have to be everything to everyone and we're nothing to ourselves and I feel like it really is just about our to-do list every day it's like we gotta get it done we gotta get it done and are you are you help me get done honey no okay now we're gonna f- you know stressful moments with each other because I gotta get it done why aren't you wanting to get it done because we're obviously very different um and and yeah, I talk about it all the time, I was moving so lightning fast that I wasn't hearing any of the whispers, screams, punches to the face, kicks to the gut until, you know, God was like, okay, let me body slam you with a brain tumor and let's shut this down because you have a journey you need to go on and you're not listening. And so I applaud you for not having to get ill. A lot of people have to get ill to have that moment. Um, so... At what point and how were you able to realize that your life didn't align with your values? Because I think that's so fascinating
3: to look at it like that. I think um, I started to realize, I mean, you notice anything. You, A friend of mine, a mentor of mine who's so wise, always says that none of us, well, very rarely, do you change your life until the pain level gets high enough. Mm-hmm and so I started to experience that kind of pain or friction in all different areas of my life. My health was not great. I was not sleeping well. I couldn't manage my weight. My marriage was not where I wanted it to be. My parenting was not where I wanted it to be. My work life felt pretty like hollow and frantic and it, it, it took some honesty on my part to say this might look okay from the outside but on the inside things look really really bad. And I think I just got uh, one of the things I think that's also helpful sometimes is to pay attention to what makes you jealous or envious. Ooh. So and so, what I realized was I wasn't looking at like let's say people who were selling more books or people who were speaking at more events. I was like desperately uh, jealous of people who like slept a full night's sleep or sometimes took naps or people who talked about their lives feeling like sort of light and um, right sized and people who weren't complaining about being tired and busy all the time. Mm. Well, that's kind of a, that's a signal right there. You know, I wanted their life Mm. and it didn't look anything like my life. So I think paying attention to the people that make you jealous can sometimes show you what it is you really desire.
0: Oh my God. I mean, it's so obvious but but not right like even this past weekend i had a moment where i just was like on a walk i really love like having neighborhoods and talking to neighbors so i have neighbors on both coasts that i love and i i've made an effort to know everybody um so i was walking down the street and you know this neighbor's dog that i love i was playing with him on the lawn and the kids were out and they were riding the tractor and climbing trees and i was like that's the life i want for my kids right when I have them. That's what I want. I want peace. I want simplicity. I love driving my parents minivan and having a simple life. Like it's just where what I'm wearing doesn't matter where things I'm driving don't matter. Just the simplicity. I mean, listen, I love great things. Of course, everybody likes nice things, but I don't need them. I need my sanity and my inner peace. And so I think that's such a great tip to really look at What is making you envious? Because one of the things that I've always had envy over is people who can just have fun on the weekends and like live life. I didn't know how to do that because I was so stuck in work, 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 that even just now being here in Connecticut over the last two and a half, three months, I'm realizing that's what I've been missing. Those friends where you can just be like, hey, let's go apple picking this weekend or let's just hang out and watch a movie. I didn't have that life in L.A. In L.A., it was all work events industry events we're going we're going to be seen we have to dress to the nines i was so exhausted by that lifestyle um having a smidge of it is fine but having it be your everything 24 7 it's just too much
3: i i mean i can't imagine but i i do know that in my life part of you know part of my work life was i worked weekends every weekend for years And I think sometimes maybe there were people who looked at me and they were like, wow, what like a cool, fancy job. But I was doing exactly like what you were saying, like, I want to go apple picking. I want to like play in the yard. I want to wear like my jammies till noon. (laughs) And those are good signals to pay attention to um, because they'll lead us to our true desires, even though obviously we live in a culture that says, you know, work is so valuable because and also because work makes you important and work lets, lets you buy fancy things. And that's what we should all want. But I think under that cultural messaging of work and buying and spending and accumulating, if we can get out from under that voice, if we can turn down the volume of that voice, we find that a lot of times what we want is a lot simpler than mm-hmm. that, uh, is a lot less expensive than that, yeah. is a lot less flashy than that. And I think those are the voices that are really worth listening to.
0: Yeah. Well, you are such a great example of that because you you and your husband and your family moved from the Burbs to the city in New York. You downsized to the teeniest little space. <laughs> that and, is true. <laughs> and so I'd love for you to share with people the motivation behind that. And the pros and cons, because right now I feel like everyone's doing the opposite. Everyone's like, get out of the city, move to the burbs, need land, need yard, need all of this stuff, because we're gonna be stuck at home. And you guys did the complete opposite.
3: Well, I mean, <laughs> certainly we didn't realize we would be spending quite as many hours in the apartment <laughs> as we are, obviously. But you know, Good point. Um, the decision was pre covid Right, right. Yeah. Um sometimes when people ask, like, what on earth are you doing here? Like why did you move to New York when you were like 42 years old? And sometimes the way I explain it is I moved for love um, because my husband uh, has been wanting to move for 10 years. We both grew up in the same hometown, lived in the same hometown for a long time. And for the last 10 years, every year he asked me, is this our year for an adventure? Is this our year for an adventure? And every year I was like, do you mean a trip? (laughs) <laughs> he was like, I don't. <laughs> like, Please, I like dear God, trips, but...
0: mean a trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll even do two.
3: Totally. And I love to travel. So that part always felt fun. But I really, I, I think I had a pretty deeply embedded idea of what our future was going to look like. And it was going to be in our hometown with our extended family, with our old friends. Um, I, like I thought I knew what the future looked like. And right, famous last words. Um, he kept saying, I think there's another way for us to live. And I think it's more about creativity and simplicity. I think we want to be in a really arts-oriented place. Um, I want to raise our kids in a really diverse environment. And so uh, really, a friend of mine always says, you make the best decisions when your bravery just outweighs your fear.
0: Ooh. Right? Right. to do anything else it is incredible i love it frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and enter the promo code heal squad for 15 percent off any product that's the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo
3: code heal squad trust me you won't regret it you're afraid and then all of a sudden you just get like a little just enough bravery to kind of make the move and that's that's kind of what happened and so we sold our house and sold tons of our stuff and gave away a bunch of stuff and moved to an 825 square foot apartment. Um, and we love it. Like we totally love it. And um, I think now if we went back to a big house in the suburbs, we'd be like, where is everybody? Yeah. We've gotten really used to living kind of right on top of each other. We get a lot of time together. We don't have to spend a lot of time managing our stuff because there isn't much stuff. It's been really great.
0: That's it's been a great thing, adventure. Is managing all the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like the more, you know, I think was it Biggie you said more money, more problems. Yeah. Right. But it's like the more stuff you have, the more you have to worry about. And that's, that's a challenge. I mean, for someone like me, I love land. I love feeling the infinity of a yard. Right. So I'm here mm-hmm. in Connecticut and I feel infinity here. Like you feel at the beach right? I just see woods and I I don't know how far out they go. I just know it goes out. And I love that feeling. It makes me so happy. But I also really envy people who live in small condos where you take the Swiffer and you're done in five minutes and your life is just so simple that you can just focus on everything your heart desires rather than, okay, I got the plumber coming today. I got the electrician coming tomorrow. Shit, this broke, that broke. Got to get the lawn mowed. I got to do this. I got to do that. And you're like, ah, it's such a conflicting thing. And so maybe it's the Gemini in me that wants both things. But um, I think there will be a time where I will do the same.
3: Well, and I think it doesn't have to be, like, we probably won't live here forever. I mean, we love it. I kind of hope we do. But, um, and it doesn't have to be the same for everyone. So like my husband and I, when we were, let's say like newly married, we were like 26. We moved to Michigan and we bought a big old house that was built in 1920 that needed to be like completely redone. And then we realized we don't know how to do anything and we don't like it. Like this is, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> we are the wrong candidates for this. We're like really, really great candidates for apartment living. You know, I, I like to live in a small space. I like that you can clean it up in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I can't fix anything, you know? Um, But it doesn't have to, there's no, that's another big part of this. For me, there's no one right way for each of us for every season. A lot of what I'm really passionate about is having conversations about listening to uh, what our own lives are telling us, Mm -hmm. right? What's right for you in this season for your family? And it doesn't have to look exactly like your neighbors or exactly like my neighbors or, you know, we get to craft the lives that we feel really excited about, the things that feel meaningful to us, even if they don't matter to other people.
0: Yeah. And and I love when you use the term seasons because it gives people um, permission to realize that this could just be a season. Like why does everything have to be so finite? Why? I think even with your with who you are, right? Like we're always like, this is who I am. And it's like, well, why can't you grow why can't you be a little different why can't friends be friends in this season and not in the next season it doesn't mean that you're a bad person I've been having this conversation a lot with people lately where they feel guilt when the friendships have run their course and I was like well haven't you heard of the analogy of like shaking the tree like it's okay to move on You don't have to be hateful. You don't have to be negative. You don't have to tell them that, well, you're this, 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 and this. And that's why we can't. It's like, no, it's a different season. Like, I'm interested in different things. And I want to be, you know, pursuing friendships with people who have those similar interests or whatever the case is. But when you use seasons, there's like a permission slip involved in there that I love.
3: I think it's so helpful for us, um, yeah, to let ourselves try new things, to let ourselves fail to let ourselves take risks. You know, if, if we have to decide at like whatever age someone decides is like grown up age. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, the cement is dried and you have to keep living that life forever. It feels really scary to me. Um, one of the things that we really loved um, about moving to the city. So my husband and I have never lived in a city. We visited lots of cities, but we've always lived in small towns and suburbs. And when we got here, there was just so much we didn't know how to do. We were just like rookies in every way and we made mistakes constantly <clears throat> and we screwed things up constantly. My, I was like 30% of the time I could take the right subway. I mean, I just got lost constantly with my kids who even, I mean, I ended up in other boroughs. I could never get my laundry done. I always bought too many groceries and I couldn't <laughs> um, get them all up the stairs, you know, cause I'm used to having like a car. Um, and at first it was really, really frustrating. And then it, started to become really freeing and we were like we get to be learners again right if you can keep learning life feels really exciting Mm -hmm. if you can reframe it um, and it's not like i am failing every single day but it's i'm learning a new skill set every day and we're we're becoming more curious and more capable people i think that's an exciting way to live
0: absolutely so so cool um you know One of the things that um, you talk about is being okay with disappointing some people, right? So, if you're choosing present over perfect, um, one of the notions I feel like women carry is that we have to be the perfect friend, the perfect mom, the perfect sister, the perfect everything. And that weight is very heavy on our shoulders and we don't want to disappoint anyone. Will you talk a little bit about? your circles and how you kind of got to the place where you realize it's gotta, it's gotta be okay for your sanity to disappoint people and how you choose that.
3: Absolutely. I, um, I think a lot of us who find ourselves kind of exhausted, burnt out, frantic, uh, especially women, especially in kind of midlife, um, it's because we've bought into several different cultural myths. And one of them is if you do everything exactly right, you will never disappoint anyone. Well, that's just a lie. The way it works is there's a certain amount of time and a certain amount of energy and it does run out. It is finite. And so some people, when you say yes to one thing, you are inherently saying yes, saying no to something else. And so the people that you're giving this time to are not the people that you're going to be giving this time to. It just like it's math. So you have to decide if I'm going to give up the myth that I can do it all for everyone. What that means is admitting the ugly reality that some people are going to be disappointed, which is like terrifying for me. Mm-hmm. Like I hate that thought. But okay, if reality, as much as I don't like it, is that somebody's going to be disappointed, what that means is I get to decide who I'm going to disappoint and who I'm not and so what I thought about is in this terrible new reality who am I willing to disappoint and who am I unwilling to disappoint and so I thought about it in terms of if you picture like a bullseye picture like concentric circles and at the center it's my husband and I and our two boys that's it that's the center and then it's like maybe my parents or a couple very best friends then it's like my in-laws, extended family, really close friends. Then we're getting into like school friends, colleagues. Then we're like, you know, that lady I see sometimes at the playground. You go all the way out from there, right? Mm -hmm. The mistake I made for so many years was thinking if I managed to do things just absolutely perfectly, every person in all of these circles would always be happy.
0: Yeah. But you're probably good enough where you did. Because I feel like I was pretty good at keeping everybody happy over here. And my circles are insane and filled with so many people. There's a lot of overcrowding in these circles. And then what you realize is you neglect the inner circle because they'll take it.
3: That's the thing. That was a, a real moment of clarity for me, realizing that I was often giving the best of my energy to people in the circles that were further out. And I was forsaking the people in the center circle. And that's probably my biggest regret when I look back at that season of my life. Right now, I don't know if I'm getting, I'm certainly not getting everything right, but I know that I'm giving the best of my energy, the best of my soul, the best of my spirit to my husband and my kids uh, because I got close enough to that edge to get a little bit scared and I'm not doing that again. Mm. I know that the best of what I have to give, the best love, the most attentiveness, the most connection, that goes to those three people. And then whatever's left, which is a lot less than I previously thought, it goes to the people in the corresponding close circles. And it's terrifying sometimes to have to like look someone in the eye and say like, I am not going to do that thing, or I am not going to attend that event, or I am not going to sign up for that. That's hard for me, Mm -hmm. but it's, I'm getting better at disappointing people on the outer side, outsides of the circle, because I'm so deeply committed to not doing it to my kids or to my husband anymore.
0: I right. think that's incredible and such great perspective that we all need to focus on. And I wonder like when you make these circles, right? As a first time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. How do you, like in life, I feel like we're all here to help each other, right? I think that that's you know that's how I approach life and so if I can I will but I'll often overdo it because I think I don't know I think I have a superhero cape on my back it's like invisible and I think all women pretty much feel the same way so how do you how do you not kind of you know I mean listen I get the circles but I still find it hard if I say no to Kelsey and she needs me when I need her one day she's going to be like sorry peace out you didn't help me. I can't help you. And so we do need each other. Right. Um, And if you just keep it so close, it's going to be challenging in life when, you know, your colleagues who now may have a job somewhere else and you want to reach out to them and get their help if you didn't show up for something that was important for them. But then what happens is you can get so overwhelmed. Like I was everywhere for everything, making sure I didn't disappoint people Of course I disappointed people along the way because you can really only do so much but damn I tried really hard but yeah you 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 hurt the people you're closest with so how do you do well you know what how do we do it all (laughs) (laughs) shit that's where (laughs) I'm going back to
3: oh I think a couple things to think about are um, sort of like what's the proportional amount of time or energy given all these circles, right? Like one of the things I get wrong, my husband teases me about this all the time. I could meet someone twice um, and spend like, you know, an hour with them total. And then I get a wedding invitation. I'm like, yeah, definitely. I am definitely flying to another part of the country Mm -hmm. to attend their wedding. I'm I'm definitely going to go to a shower. I'll probably host a shower. Like I go all the way. And my husband's like, you know, that person is essentially a stranger, right? Like you're, this is crazy town. So what I think about is like, who would I, who are the appropriate people for me to do that for? Right. Fly across the country, host a shower, Mm sister-in-law, college roommate, right. A couple, but not lady I met on a plane. Yeah. There has to be some sort of like, um, I think that's where the circles are really helpful. You give the best and the most to the inside. And then you give appropriately less and less to the outside. doesn't mean nothing. I probably still keep the circles Keep too many people in the circles and do too much. The other thing that helps me is I ask myself, if I don't do this, who will? And oftentimes I'm taking a really great opportunity from someone else by trying to be that superhero in everybody's life, in everybody's business, right? So like nobody else can be a mom to my boys. That's my job. That's my jam. That's my greatest joy. But like there are a lot of things in life that need to get done, but I don't have to be the one to do it. And somebody else might gain a lot of joy or meaning from doing that thing mm-hmm. if I pull back on my savior complex and let them do it a little bit. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was just kind of thinking, too, what I have done in the last four years when you know my mom got sick and we've been dealing with all this stuff is... I started omitting things that were just overwhelming and I was like people who love me are gonna love me despite like I cancel Christmas gifts I was like can't do Christmas cards can't do Christmas gifts I'm so sorry Um and then I did lessen a lot of the events and what I would do instead so if someone wanted me to come to a charity event I'd say you know I can't make it but I can send something or I can do this so I would tell them what I could do so then you know you're still helping and you're still being, you know, gracious in that moment but like doing what's within your ability at that time. So
3: and I think I think some of what that does is it keeps you healthier and more able to like in that season, you know, meet your mom's needs and be a, a the family member that you needed to be. What it also does is it communicates to the other people in your life a little bit of permission to not say yes to everything as well, mm-hmm. right? It's so helpful for me when I'm around people who say stuff like that, who say like, hey, I totally care about this. I can only contribute in this way because of the other things I'm already um, committed to. I'm like, well, that person seems extremely sane and I want to be like them. <laughs> I so am I envious. It, it, totally. <laughs> but it's contagious. It lets yeah. us all make healthier decisions. So I think it's it's important for each of us and our own like health and lives and families. It's also a gift we give to the people around us to say like, I'm not going to pretend That it's okay to say yes to everything and then end up burnt out and exhausted i'm gonna steward my own life and energy in a responsible and loving way and i want to make it easier for you to do that too
0: i love that before we move on from that do you guys have any questions because i feel like it's such an important topic that um if i miss something i don't want to miss it for our audience so if you guys have any follow-ups to that
2: you know i think shauna like as a young career person right now, and you know, I work in media, you worked in media, well, still work in media. Do you have advice for especially young people who wanna put up boundaries um, professionally? And I'm in a fortunate position where I work for someone great where this isn't usually a problem, but I know a lot of people, it's, Maria can see that I'm in an interesting position right now Oh yeah. I do this on air. but I get um, your but, on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering if you have That's advice true. for young people who want to draw boundaries, especially professionally, on those outside circles, but still be respected and everything they need to be for their for their
3: work? I think that's a great question, and I would say a couple different things. I would say, you know, um, we set people's expectations for us um, by the way that we communicate. So when I get an email from someone at three in the morning, I'm like, mm-hmm. note to self: that person thinks I should be returning emails at three o'clock in the morning as well. And I'm not going to do that. But in my 20s, I absolutely did, especially if I thought that if that person was kind of important in some way. Um, Start now cultivating the habits of communication and interaction that show people I'm not on my phone 24 hours a day. I'm not going to get back to you. You know, when when someone returns your texts in four seconds all the time, then you've trained them. Right. Say, like, I literally live with my phone in my hand. So if there's ways for you to communicate clearly and consistently, that kind of thing. The other thing, it's always helpful for me to think about things as a long game. There's so much, especially in media, where it's like that very like, if you say no, someone else is going to get it. And then like, they're going to be the next big thing and you miss the boat. For my life as as a writer, I want to be a writer till the day I die. And I hope that's a really long time from now. I'm not trying to do the next big thing right now. I'm trying to build something durable and beautiful for like the next 50 years. Mm. And if I miss out on a couple things right now, that's okay with me. Mm. If I burn out and risk my health and my family, that's not okay with me. Mm. So I always think about the long game. Well, it. such that's a great really example
0: of that in our business is like actors who said no to massive roles, but they still had huge careers. Totally.
3: I love those stories. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it's challenging though for young people in the industry because I always have a hard time advising them because I would not be where I was if I didn't respond every second. And if I didn't hustle and if I didn't work 24 seven, I would not have gotten to where I did because succeeding in any industry at the level you want to succeed at really requires a commitment that goes above and beyond what the other people are going to do. Right. Yeah. And so I find like, when you're starting off you have to give to get you have to get there and then what happens is at some point we all we get over that kind of hump and then we can look at our lives in this season now and say okay well I don't want to take on as many acting roles this this season right like that's where like an Angelina Jolie becomes an international star and she's like I want to take a step back I want to do just the meaningful projects I want to start directing like you can't have it all Right. Like when you talk about even being envious of other people. So it doesn't mean that you're saying, okay, look at everything you're envious of and then shut down your life so that you can have that because there are consequences. You still got to pay your bills. You still got to go to work. Like what happens is it's such a challenge for us in our positions and at our age to advise young people, because I don't know if Maria at 27 would be Maria 42 if she didn't do what she did then. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm very confused.
3: I I totally get what you're saying. Absolutely. And I've had people say that, like, you know, like how lovely of, for you to say, now you're going to slow everything down Yeah. now that you've got a nice established relationship with a publisher. Now that you've got a nice contract. Absolutely. I totally get that. Uh, Maybe this is a little more, um, jaded. I tend to think that, um, when you're on the younger side you take like one-tenth of the advice you're given anyway so I'm going to go ahead and say it and just trust that (laughs) uh, like I would say especially uh especially in terms of dating like whenever anyone asks me dating advice I was like you know what you're going to do don't you you're not going to listen to me at all are you there's there's a lot about youth that's sort of indestructible and and invincible and so I'm happy to give advice but I I will absolutely still continue to get emails at 3 o'clock in the morning from people and be like, "Okay, it's fine. You can do that when you're 25 and you'll figure it out along the way.
0: I know. Well, it's interesting because my husband will get on me sometimes because he's like, you get so fruity on the show and you're like, oh, the universe is going to give you what you want. He's like, there's realities in life. You got to work hard. And so I have to temper myself sometimes because he's right like, there is, like, no getting around if you want, like, listen, there are different levels. If you say, mm, this is where I want to be, there's no, you know, but if you want to be in the upper echelon of your field, whether it's in, you know, medical field or engineering or industry, there's just no
3: getting around it,
0: mm-hmm. right? And so it's 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 a challenge. It's fun to have that conversation too, so. But I
3: I think it also comes down to what you're willing to give up along the way, mm-hmm. right? So Jeff, if your question was um, my highest or my only priority is my career, it's the mm-hmm. only thing I care about and I wanna be the absolute top of my field. Okay, then then yes, hold your phone in your hand for the rest of your life and never be unreachable. And, and you could probably do that. But if you say, I value my career very much and I'm gonna work really, really hard. I also value my marriage and my core relationships. And so I'm going to find a way um, to give uh, the, the appropriate amount to each of those things in their seasons and moments, that's a really different thing. Mm-hmm. Because some of what you wanted for your life was not just the work stuff. You wanted a marriage and a full life and, and, and fulfilling relationships. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important, wh- anytime we make decisions about our time, what is it you really want and what matters to you? And it's okay if mm-hmm. it's not the same as everybody else, yeah. but to acknowledge the things that matter most, I think helps us in making those hard decisions.
0: And it's never going to be perfect, right? Like you're going to have, like I always say, like ebbs and flows of like, we run red and then you, you can, you know, go down. So it's like, Jeff, if anybody I know, like of anybody I know, I feel like you have been the most balanced Mm -hmm. and you've also grown and, and, um, along your journey as well. So like you hold your values in high regard already.
2: Well, that's good. I, um, I really appreciate that. And I think part of that is learning from the great people on this show. And you know, it's interesting, Sean, I feel like part of what you're saying is like your concentric circles can also change too. Like when you're in your young 20s, maybe some of those professional relationships are a little closer than they will be Mm -hmm. as you age. Mm -hmm. But just being so intentional all the time, taking stock of those circles, taking stock of those values and pacing your future, really taking that intentionality to think about that's what's so
3: important. There is a book that I am crazy about. Um, do you guys know Patrick Lencioni? No. no. he's a, he, he would be great on the show. He's so just a wonderful, lovely person. He's written several books on like the business side, business and leadership side of things. But then he wrote a, a book about, and of course, I don't know the title off the top of my head, but it's something like the five questions every family should answer or that, but it, Essentially, there's this funny story that he tells that he's big into like, what are your priorities for your team? What are the goals that your team wants to meet in this quarter? What are the, you know, whatever. He's really good at that on a business level. And then his wife said to him at a certain point, if we ran, if you ran your business the way we run this family, you'd be out of business in in quarter one or something like that. And he realized that he didn't have the same kind of plan and strategy and, and value process their family life that he had for his business life and so they applied these principles to their family life and it was so great and i totally recommend it but one of the things they talk about is understanding what this particular season is about and therefore not about so like when i say i don't reply to emails at three o'clock in the morning well i absolutely do if it's the week of a book release Mm -hmm. yes of course i do Mm -hmm. Um, but i absolutely don't if in the seasons when i had a newborn and that was the most important thing in my life and so I think it's mm. it's really good to get clear on what matters most in this season and to let it shift, to give the best of what you have for the particular thing that you're working toward right then.
0: That Oof. is perfect, even though we're not aiming for perfect. But I think <laughs> that is such a great way to explain that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, drop the mic. I have a quick question, Shana.
1: Mm-hmm. How how many okay if you have a ton of things you value what would you say is like the perfect amount right because I feel like if you have four or five things I'm like I love this I value this I value this you can't do it all right mm-hmm. and I feel like you two were both talking about this at the beginning being a female it's like no we can we have to do it all how do you go about like being selective with
3: your values that's a great question um And I would, I would say, uh, pay attention, uh, uh, pay attention to a couple things, right? Pay attention to your own jealousy and desire. Um, one thing that helped me many years ago, uh, was making a list, uh, sort of in the opposite direction of things that for this particular season, I don't do. Mm. Like I just you know, I wanted to do 1 million different things. And I had to just say, I just had to draw some lines. Here's what I don't do. And when I looked at that list, it gave me a little freedom to say, I'm, I'm acknowledging that I am not going to get everything done in this season. Um, and I'm going to let myself be okay with that. Um, and it sounded like a little bit of a silly list, but like in this season right now, I don't do any sort of like formal cardio or weightlifting. And I just figure like, walking around New York City and getting my groceries up the stairs is going to have to be enough for now. And maybe in another season, I'll do that in a really specific way. For a long time, I had a very strict no baking policy. I don't know how to do it. I'm not good at science. I mess it up all the time. I don't have the time and mental space in my life to learn this thing. So until I was like, you know, 40, I never did. And now I have kids and they like to like bake cookies and stuff. And so now I do but it's okay to say, I also don't make my bed. Like not ever, ever in my life. It looks like a dorm room in here. If you, if I turned around the camera, it's like, I don't even know. Oh I no. Do like
0: it. a Kelsey cheering over here. I'm trying to get her to make her bed. I'm like Kelsey, you got to make your bed. Your life will be so much happier.
3: I totally get it. I, people do it. People love it. It makes them feel good about their day. It categorically, categorically doesn't matter to me if I make my bed or don't make my bed. It doesn't make me feel better about anything Same. in the world. so I just don't
0: my god (laughs) right there with you (laughs) dead that's hilarious that's funny well Shauna this has been such a great conversation I've gotten so much out of it Um, I'm feverishly taking notes here Um, thank you thank you so much I feel like we need to do um, another part to this because there's so much more to get into um, even with you know faith and stuff so um, hopefully you'll grace us with another presence at some point
3: anytime. This has been so fun. It's been my pleasure. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much. Oh my God. There's so many big aha moments Mm -hmm. I got to have in this episode that I'm going to have to listen back to to the whole thing myself as just a a listener. Um, So I can't thank you enough. If you guys want to um, get the book, it's called Present Over Perfect. Um, if you want to find more about Shauna, you can hit her website, shaunanequest.com. We will put that in the summary of this episode, so you can just click. Um, and you can follow her on social media, at Shauna Nequest. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Have a great
0: day. You too. All right, guys. Holy moly. I mean, wow. there's like so many moments. She's Kelsey's so awesome. never making her bed again. That's
1: no, it. No, it's, it's so It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's <laughs> It's funny that she says that because a lot of things you try and teach me and you have been telling me, I totally get like the wiping down my space and this and that. The bed thing, I'm the same way. I'm like... And to me, it's like the easiest thing. You just pull the corners, boom, done. It's easy, but it's like I never go in there. So like it doesn't even... I really don't go in there. No. I go in
0: there. Yeah. I go into my room a lot. Yeah.
1: And I never have been a room person. I don't like going... Mm. It's like not my space so, so I know that okay, was but, I, but she's amazing stupid she's, shit aside yeah, 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 yeah. The, <laughs> the important shit um I feel like
0: like the seasons oh my God. and what you do and you don't do um I marked so many things here for social media for you guys but man I really was so good and ooh. the way she explained finally kind of that you know yes like in an important moment she is gonna answer that email at three o'clock in the morning. Like you know, it's like, there's no way you can't sometimes. Right. And so, um, like right in this season right now, in this season, I'm checking emails more than I was in my last season. Why? Cause there's a few more things happening. And so now I'm having to pay a little bit more attention to it, but I have an email that tells you I'm not checking emails. Right. Exactly. And in this season, I am a little bit more engaged in social media. Um, but in the last season, I wasn't. So I think it's so great to free ourselves of the what I am and what I'm not to kind of just this is what's important to me in this time. Mm. Right. Like if yeah, we cause... have kids, like there's going to be a shifting of priorities in that time. And then eventually maybe they'll swing
2: the other way again. I don't know. Yeah, I get suspicious of those people who are like, I would never answer emails after 6 p.m. Because like I get that maybe like most of the time you don't, but. To hear the author of the book, Present Over Perfect, say, like, there might be a week out of the year where I do do that. Right. It's just not my M.O. I think mm-hmm. that's so important.
0: Yeah. I think there's, like, baseline things, like, baseline boundaries mm-hmm. that you have to have in life. Yep. And then you choose, like she said, who you might cross that boundary list for and for what reason. Right? Um, so I think, like, I've be- tried to become more intentional about not... um not texting people at all hours of the night or whatever like if I get a thought like it's hard I used to just dump it and now I'm like okay I'll just put it in my email and then I'll save it and then I'll send it at a more appropriate time I really am trying to be better at that and that's been a, a little journey for a while now
1: I have to tell you that I love that and I appreciate that because with old bosses that used to make me so crazy because it would be like 12 yeah and I'm like Ah, then it, I'm sitting on it and I'm like now I don't know what to do with it but I see it from both sides I do because it's like
0: you have to dump it out of your you head have to but there's a way to do it like Correct. but I didn't yeah. know because I was under those systems too where yeah. that's who I was learning from yeah so I thought it was just this is how it's done like yep. don't answer it if you can't answer it but mm-hmm. but you do answer it and then if you don't respond right then then you lose it yep. and so yep. You know, now I've become more intentional about how I approach that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, listen, we're all on a journey and yep. that's why we're trying to get better every day. And so when you know better, you do better Dang right. and you get better. So that is our show for today. Hope you guys have um, an amazing day. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If it was helpful, share it with some friends. Um, I know this episode was helpful for me. So um, please share it with your friends on social media, email. Talk to them about it. Um, I think there's some really important takeaway here for everybody to benefit from. Um, If you liked this episode, check out episode number 117 with Shauna's friend, Glennon Doyle, who we love, who also stresses the importance of finding your own way. And later this week, we're going to be featuring award-winning TV film actress, Brittany Snow and her creative partner to discuss their new mental health initiative, The September Letter which i am very excited about so stick with us guys we're gonna be here every day Yay. <laughs> Yay. in the meantime follow us at shauna nequest at better together with maria at jeffrey crane Graham, at kel smire too and remember remember remember, remember, <laughs> remember be nice people make good choices and be present